We're in this series, my friends, called Holy Ghost Stories. And last week, Pastor John Ferguson, he preached on the spirit of revival, how God wants to revive revive our lives and send revival in our community and in our city. Today, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit's empowerment. Do you know that God desires to give you a life that is empowered to minister to love, and to witness. I want to begin with a Holy Ghost story of my own from my past. The most vivid memory of empowerment that happened to me was in 1995 while I was attending Asbury Theological Seminary. I was thrilled to be appointed for the very first time as a student pastor. And the church that I was appointed to part-time was Union Plains United Methodist Church in Brown County in the little town of Greenbush, which my house really was the only, town, only house in Greenbush. In the excitement, I was, I was decided that I wanted to reach the whole county for Jesus Christ. And I didn't want to begin in the easiest places, like the women's tea or the guys having coffee at McDonald's. By the way, I was the first one to go to McDonald's when it opened right off of Route 68. Just remember that if you ever stop there. I was the first one served there. But God was calling me to the rough places. So I decided to start doing bar ministry. I quickly purchased a clergy collar shirt. Folks, I looked like a 25-year-old Roman Catholic priest, and I began my bar ministry. The first bar I decided to go to was one of the roughest, roughest bars that was known around that area. It was called Slammer's Bar. That's a great name for a bar, Slammer's. And it was two miles north of my church on Route 68. So with clergy collar on and the excitement of this new kind of bar ministry, I pulled into Slammer's Bar at 8.30 p.m. on a Thursday night in early fall. When I walked through the door, it was as if the record player had scratched and stopped. Everyone saw Father Coleman. And he walked in and I immediately said to myself, what the blankety blank are you doing here? I wanted to back out immediately. I heard laughter here and there, and I decided, okay, I'm in here, let's do it. So I, ste- I uh, stepped up to the bar, and this blonde, and about, and she was about in her mid-40s, she said, what do you have, Father? And I said, I'll have a Sprite. And I sat down, and I sipped it quietly. Sitting next to me, To my left was this huge man. He looked like a blue-collar worker. He was probably there. uh, He probably got there at 5.01 p.m., 5 o'clock somewhere. And he kept pointing at me and laughing and pointing at his buddies who were shooting pool over in the corner. Finally, the bartender was fed up, and she yelled at this guy. She knew his name, and she said, stop making fun of him. He has every right to be here. This huge man shouted back to her, he has no right to be here. I hadn't said a word. I only said, I'll have a Sprite. (laughs) The man turned to me and he shouted, I don't believe in God. Then his disbelief in God changed into belief. And he said, God sent me to Vietnam. I hate God. Whoa. Then the bartender defended me. 
God didn't send you to Vietnam. Man sent you to Vietnam. I wanted to say, you go, girl. But I thought that this guy would break the little blonde priest in half. So the man went quiet, and he just sat there and, and stared down into his beer. The next thing I knew... There was a woman who was sitting about four bar stools down from me. She walked over and sat next to me. She began telling me how her dad had committed suicide 10 years earlier, and she carried that weight. The night that he killed himself, she got into an argument with him just before she left to go out and party. He said to her that he was going to kill himself, and she told him, go ahead, you no good, SOB. When she got home, she found him hanging, dead. I had not said a word. And I sat there and I thought, why did I come in here? I'm not supposed to be in here. And I wanted to leave. But I tell you, my friends, this warmth came over my skin and my heart was warm. It was as if I felt the love of God for these people in Slammer's Bar that night. And then godly courage was bestowed upon me. And I turned to this huge man. And I said, God loves you, my friend. I heard your pain. I can't imagine what you went through. And I told him, I'm the house right next to the little white church in Greenbush. If you ever want to talk, I'd love to get with you. And then I turned to the woman who had this overwhelming guilt. And I, I, I talked to her about a lot. Of, I said a lot, but I can't remember all that I said to her. But I do remember saying that God loves you and wants to heal you of these painful memories. I asked the bartender how much I owe for the Sprite. And she said, it's on the house. And she said, you can come back here anytime, Father. And I walked to the door and she joined me. And I said, thanks for the Sprite. Thanks for coming to my aid. Stop by the church sometime. And she thanked me and I left. I'll tell you folks, I've never been more uncomfortable in ministry, yet more exhilarated. Here's the thought that I have from that encounter. God's spirit, I believe, filled me. <clears throat> Therefore, God was there. Empowerment took place. You can't tell me any different. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit... God with you, God in you. God wants to empower you, my friends, with a spirit of empowerment, the power of the Holy Spirit. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, he told his disciples it was necessary for them to stay in Jerusalem and him ascend. He said, wait in the city and you'll receive a baptism of the Holy Spirit. He said this, Luke 24, 49, I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And then he said almost exactly to them again in Acts 1, 8, he said, but you'll receive the power of the Holy Spirit when it comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You see, the purpose and power of the Holy Spirit is to help us witness and testify to the person of Jesus Christ and his mighty works. The Holy Spirit came to glorify Jesus, and he is the power of God doing healing miracles to bring people to believe in Jesus Christ. 
Let's talk about power. There's basically two types of power. There's power to dominate or oppress or destroy people. This worldly power to be self-focused is one type of power. But there's another power to bring freedom, healing, loving kindness, and giving life. This is God's power in Jesus Christ that is the power from his resurrection. The same, think about it, the same power that resurrected him from the dead. This is the kind of power that God wants to give us. It's not about self-glorification. It's the power of the Holy Spirit to glorify Jesus You see, the power of the Holy Spirit transforms lives and is the love of God. Unlike worldly power, the power of God is available to every believer, regardless of education, social status, family name, or bank account. And most of all, it's the power to love the unlovable. When we receive the power of the Holy Spirit, we're empowered to be something that is dynamic for others, especially love, to be used as God's vessel, to carry love. When did the earthly uh, or early believers experience the power of the Holy Spirit? The power did not come when they were just sitting around, debating, blaming each other, or belly aching. Instead, believers were gathered together and prayed for this power. And when they prayed, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they were filled with God's own spirit. They were filled with the dynamo, the dynamite, the power of God, that original Greek word, dynamos. And in Acts 2, 120 believers, they stayed together and they prayed for 10 days. And then suddenly the Holy Spirit came upon them. Last week, John talked about Acts 3, that one day Peter and John were going up to the temple to pray at the hour of prayer at 3 o'clock. And they saw this crippled beggar and they healed him in the name of Jesus with that power. The disciples prayed together and received the power of the Holy Spirit and they shared the goodness of Jesus Christ. They shared the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news. And they were teaching and preaching about Jesus. And it could have meant jail for them or even losing their lives. However, the disciples were empowered by the Holy Spirit. And nothing could stop them from talking about what they saw and what they heard. They witnessed and testified to his truth. The truth that he told them. Sometimes we're afraid to speak up in fear of rejection, aren't we? I know that. And other times, maybe we don't want to testify because we don't want to take any risk. I remember working as a waiter in the early 90s there before I was called into ministry. I was working as a waiter in the Palm Court restaurant in the Netherlands downtown. I think it's the Hilton Netherlands downtown now. And this new waiter came on board and we were chatting And I remember during the chat, he stopped me and he said, and he pointed at me and he said, you aren't one of those Christians, are you? And I remember gulping and my knees started shaking and I was a new believer. And I said, yes, I am a Christian. He laughed and he said, I am too. So I was like, yes. So we had that connection. You see, when we're empowered with the Holy Spirit, we can overcome this kind of fear and we can witness no matter where we are. 
That's what happened to Peter and John. They became bold and powerful to witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, even when their life was in danger. When the religious leaders saw their power, they were disturbed, so they arrested Peter and John and asked them about that power. Let's look at that. Let's read in Acts 4, 7 through 10 and 13. It says, they had Peter and John brought, brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are called to account today for an act of kindness showed to this man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. And let's look at 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. You see verse 13? You see this? The religious leaders, they didn't, they didn't understand the power of the Holy Spirit, this dynamos. But they recognized that Peter and John were with Jesus. They also knew that Peter and John were very ordinary, unschooled, special tra- no special training in the scriptures. And so they were puzzled. They were agitated. Yet they were amazed when they saw Peter's courage. Because he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is the power of God changing people's hearts and behaviors. Before Peter received the Holy Spirit, we know the story, and he denied Jesus. The very short verbatim between Peter and the servant girls at the time of tr- at the trial of Jesus, it's a Good Friday conversation. But Peter and the other disciples, they were watching the trial of Jesus from the distance. And this servant girl number one said, weren't you with Jesus, the Galilean? And Peter said, I don't know this man. I don't know what you're talking about. And he walked away from her. Tried, he was trying to see what was going to happen to Jesus. And he was standing away afraid. And then this other servant girl said to him, surely you're one of them. And he swore an oath. I don't know the man. And then we know after these denials, the rooster crowed. To be fair to Peter, he didn't mean to deny Jesus because he loved Jesus. But he was afraid to acknowledge his relationship with Jesus in fear of the religious leaders. Although Peter And his disciples loved Jesus. They didn't have the courage at that time to testify and speak up for their teacher and master. But their attitudes changed, my friends. When and why? Because they received the Holy Spirit. They had no fear of the religious leaders. We can see the change, the transformation of this this incredible power of the Holy Spirit. Not only did they become bold in action, their prayer life was changed. You see, prayer wasn't a part of their routines when they were with Jesus. The disciples used to watch Jesus praying all the time. And they didn't really participate much. They wanted to learn. They said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And they watched him pray all night, early in the morning, throughout the day. But they really didn't join him. They just watched him. But things shifted when the Holy Spirit came upon them. They relied upon prayer. 
They were praying to receive the Holy Spirit of God, the transforming power of God who lives in us and in their lives. He was the one to empower us to pray, to help us know his word and understand and wait for us to respond to his promptings to do things in his name. Growing in the life of prayer for empowerment, it takes time, but we can take those steps to increase our prayer life and therefore increase our power. It's like being charged, you know, plugging in. And increasing those powerful power levels like our, our cell phone percentages go up when they're charging. When we are empowered with the Holy Spirit, God's, the love of God overflows and we become vessels of God's Holy Spirit. Sharing the word of Jesus, praying for people, serving others and giving the gift of love. You know, there's no greater power than the Holy Spirit helping us love others on behalf of Christ. There's no greater power than the Holy Spirit helping believers love on behalf of Christ. Sometimes we may not see fruit right away. That love is never wasted because someday someone will be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit working through us as conduit, as channels of that power. When the Holy Spirit empowers us, each one of us, we find that fear is cast aside. It falls to the ground like dust. And we begin to witness in his name, wherever we are, even in places like slammers, we can go and rely on that power at work, at home, in our neighborhoods, in our family gatherings. And we find that this can go out like a ripple effect question is, do you want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit? Do you want to experience the love of Jesus Christ in a very personal way? So let's put this into practice. I'm going to ask you to do some things. First, ask for the Holy Spirit to empower you. Ask for the Holy Spirit to empower you. Begin your day in this attitude and posture of prayer saying, fill me, O Lord, with your fullness. And God will empower you. When I'm doing a hospital visit, I have a, a ritual that I do. When I get on the elevator to go to the room, I pray for the Holy Spirit to empower me to minister to that person that I am seeing. I learned that from one of my professors in pastoral care. Ask God to empower you in situations so that you can represent the ministry of Jesus Christ in this world. Secondly, ask and pray for a hunger for God. Do you have a hunger for God? Pray for that hunger. God promises to fill our lives with his abiding presence and fullness. When the Holy Spirit was poured out, the disciples began to have this incredible hunger for more and more and more power. And three, receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Be open and expect to receive the Holy Spirit today, tomorrow. Look and wait for the Spirit to speak to you, to touch you. And being filled with the Holy Spirit is not an option for a believer. Every Christian needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit and his power. And it may not happen overnight, but if we keep seeking God, God's going to continue to reveal to us the ways in which we can experience even a baptism 
baptism of the Holy Spirit. You see, these disciples, they prayed for the Spirit. And look what happened. Look what happened. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. The place where they were meeting was shaken when they prayed for the Holy Spirit. You see, God wants to shake things up in our lives, especially in your surroundings, your family, your work, your reality. And nothing is impossible with the Holy Spirit. I want to conclude this, uh, this morning by sharing another Holy Ghost story from within our congregation. This video of Angela, she's a mom who has been empowered by the Holy Spirit, and she's going to tell you how it changes her life as a mom. Let's look at this video together. As a little girl, a question that I remember getting asked the most was, what is it that you want to be when you grow up? And most of my peers had an answer to that question, like teacher or doctor or nurse. And my five-year-old self, I would have said, I wanted to be a singer on the radio. But as I grew up, I had a go-to response of just saying, I don't know. I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. But the truth was, I did know I wanted to be a mom. And don't get me wrong, I had the career and a job that I loved for 11 years. But I also spent way too many of those years trying to find my worth and my identity in that job. The times in my life that I have felt the Holy Spirit speak to me the most have often been times surrounding motherhood. It all started when my husband and I got married and the doctor looked me in the eye and said, I'm sorry to say, but you will probably never have children. And a couple weeks later, we went to a healing service at my parents' church. And it was during the time that we went up to receive prayer that I felt God at work. Because the two songs that had just been played at my grandfather's funeral a few weeks prior were playing when we went up. The very next month, we got pregnant with our first son, Lincoln. Now, fast forward a couple years, I'm at the peak of my career. I just received a promotion. And suddenly I felt this nudge that I should have another baby, but also quit my job to be a stay-at-home mom. And I spent some time in prayer with a friend. And during that prayer time, I heard the Spirit speak to me. And he said, Angela, I'm going to give you another child. A couple months later, I got pregnant with our second son, Carter. And after having Carter, I quit my job. Now, walking in obedience to what the Lord was asking me to do, I also found myself in the situation where suddenly I'm at home alone with two small children, my husband's at work all day, and we had just moved to the east side and I didn't know anyone. Thankfully, I have two awesome neighbors and they invited me here to Anderson Hills to attend the Mothers of Preschoolers group, also known as the MOPS group. Now, about a year and a half into attending MOPS, I feel that same nudge and I hear that voice again. And this time the voice says to me, you're going to lead MOPS. My response was not so kind. It was more of a, God, are you crazy? Have you lost your mind? What makes you think that I can get in front of 50 women? I don't want to do it. He kept nudging me and he kept pursuing me. And here I am today, leading my third year of MOPS. All those moments leading up to today 
And now instead of maybe waiting to occasionally hear from God, I pursue him and I pursue what he wants for me. And I ask the Holy Spirit every day, what is it that you want me to do? Because you have my yes, no matter what it is. Because God, I know that your ways are far greater than anything that I could have for myself. Now, I like to think of being obedient to the Holy Spirit, like throwing a rock into the water and it creates this ripple effect. And you never know just how far those ripples will go or who they are going to impact. For me, as an everyday mom, I see them impacting my kids the most. I see my four-year-old Carter asking to pray for those who are sick or hurting without any prompting from me or my husband. And I see my seven-year-old Lincoln jumping up and down with joy, tears streaming down his face as I share with him that God physically healed me at the Holy Spirit Conference. My husband and I walk a life of just diving into the Word each and every day and asking the Holy Spirit to guide our lives in every aspect because we know that it not only impacts us, but it impacts our kids, and it's going to impact generations to come. Amen. Wow. Amen. Testify, Angela. Testify. When we live under the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, God does things through us that does, like Angela said, have ripple effects for generations to come. Moms, I think this is so true for you. Never underestimate the, the importance you are to the people around you. You're shaping the next generation of laborers, of leaders, of parents, of kingdom builders. And to all of us, we are called to live and serve by the power of the Holy Spirit and relying upon that power. Something shifts in our lives when we know that the Holy Spirit is not just out there, but in here, in us. He wants to be in your life, not just around your life. Could it be that God wants to move again and empower you to change the world for him? Could it be that God would use us as instruments of love? Could it be that your best spiritual days are in front of you, not behind you? Could it be that God wants to empower us to be a central part of God's work here in Anderson Township and Cincinnati? Let's pray. God, we open up our hands and our lives to you. And we ask you to fill us with a very same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. God, we ask that you would born, be birthed anew in us through this ministry of the Holy Spirit to witness, to love, to testify, to prophesy, to do incredible things, to show others that you are real, that you are alive, and that you heal and minister. God, we want to have a spirit of empowerment We'll rely upon you and your work and not just rely upon self all the time. That's draining. Fill us with the full measure of Christ Jesus and his ministry, dynamos, power in this world. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.